Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this is the last episode of One Shot before we begin the final round of auditions to see who will be replacing me as host of the One Shot podcast. Frankly, I did expect this moment to be a little bit more emotional for me, but there's been a lot of build-up to this over here at One Shot HQ. We're still finishing out our run on Chubo's Marvelous Wish-Granting Engine, but next week we will have a guest host of the show, who may be the new permanent host of the show. And you, our dear listeners, will help us determine that. I'm going to have more details about that in the mid-roll of this week's episode, so you will definitely want to stick around to listen to that. But for now... Let's get to the show. This is a... Um, I'm going to tell you, Gion, what it was about, I think, was a time where Seji could have gotten hurt. Um, but I'm going to leave it in your hands whether or not Seji understood that. Mm. Yeah, I think it was pretty patently obvious. I think it was when um, the kid who bullies me at school, Billy Sovereign, I think he, like, it wasn't even that noticeable or sorry it wasn't that dramatic an incident i am pretty sure and i'm gonna bookmark this in the recording or bookend this in the recording as like a thing we can check in about uh as players later but like i'm pretty sure that like this is not just verbal bullying like i'm pretty sure billy sovereign has either beat me up or tried to beat me up at least once or twice over the course of our schooling um he's a very physical bully but in this case, it wasn't that bad. It was literally just he shoved me into like the bushes as he passed me when we were on our way to class. And I think I even kind of laughed about it. Like, well, at least it was a soft landing. And I think it was the joke that made you mad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Chubo struggles a lot around that bully. And I think honestly, like it's such a great parallel to this situation. Because there are a lot of obvious solutions uh, for a bully like that um, for someone like Chubo and can do the things that Chubo can do. But there is something so anathema about, about those solutions, something that he refuses to engage with. And so instead he has this anger that he tries to release. And, you know, in that situation, he's caught between two worlds of you know these things these things are happening to seji and i i can't i can't figure out how to stop them and it's so imperative it's so imperative that i not give in to the thoughts that i have about stopping them and so that is it upsetting that billy sovereign never goes for you <sighs> yeah i think it is I think it would be so much simpler if he went after me. But he doesn't. He treats you like you don't even exist. Yeah. And with me, it's like a shark scenting blood in the water. Like, he beelines for me if there is any opportunity. 
And I think I can tell that you are angry. And just like then, it is really hard to tell whether you are angry at the situation or whether you're angry at me for some reason. And because you don't talk about it, I don't know. And so I am also very quiet on the ride to our house or sorry, my house. I think I instinctively think of it as our house, actually, sometimes because you spend so much time there. And when we get out, I say, uh, you, if you, I can meet you in the kitchen. I know you don't like going down to the prep room, but I got to get her into the, I think my, my family and I, as an aside, I think my family and I call the, the morgue portion, the cooler. It's Mm -hmm. a little (laughs) irreverent, but you know, and I say, I, I have to get, uh, her down to the cooler. So it won't take a minute. There's probably a dumb waiter where I don't have to like fucking balance the gurney down a yeah. bunch of yeah. antique stairs. Um, some kind of birdcage elevator in the in the building. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I unlock the front door and we come in and I realize, oh, I guess everyone's out. Uh, if you want, um, I don't know. Do you want to have a snack first and then play play some games? That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, okay. Um, here, and I uh, hand you like a little bag of dried mealworms. If you want to give Vix off the treat, you can. Uh, I'll be right back. And I am wheeling the, the gurney towards the elevator. Chubo walks with a purpose and like a bearing that Chubo almost never has. Um, there is just a lot of intensity about everything in his movements. Um, he makes a beeline for uh, the kitchen. Um, and he also like, um, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, thoughtlessly like, like grab uh, the mealworm and like set, bring out, uh, what is the name of the animal again? Vixoth. Yeah. Uh, like, like uh get its scent in the air so Vixoth will will come over. Um but Chubo like makes a beeline for the kitchen and a beeline for an apron and immediately starts cooking. Like is trying to sink some of these emotions and some of this stuff that he is grappling with into preparing a meal. Can I get an intention on that? Absolutely. Uh, so definitely going to be domestic tasks. Yes. And now that I understand a little bit more of how the system works, I am going to put three into it. You can only spend an increment of two. Ah, so if you want. Four then. Zero, one, two, four. Oh, four. Very nice. And what's your... What's your aim here? Is it to make a really good meal or is it to process your emotions or is it both? It is both. Uh, So what I am making is a meal that Iris would have appreciated. Maybe even a meal that Iris told me about. Um, And I think this is key. This is key to Chubo's whole thing is Iris told Chubo about a dish that she would enjoy when she was younger. She said the name of the dish. She never said what was in it. Um, And so Chubo, in his head, when he was listening to Iris, would think about 
what that dish must be. And he is now in this kitchen, in his friend's kitchen, making that dish. What? Give me the punchline. What does he, what did he hear? Like, you know, it's like if somebody had said like, oh, I I used to love a, a, a quiche when when I was younger um like he has no idea what a quiche is so it's like what the word quiche means to a person who has never had a quiche and has nothing else to go on except that this person thought it was delicious to the point where towards the end of their life they told someone about it over and over and over then yes, it's quiche. How does Chubo artistically interpret quiche? I think quiche is a way of preparing. Okay, so uh, we, we've mentioned that like the meat industry is not pretty is not very big on this island. Um, so I think fish. I think I'm doing something with fish here. Yeah, I think it is something in the way that it is being cut and cooked. Like, it's like, quiche, quiche, quiche. How does that word make me feel emotionally? Feels small and cute. I I think it makes you feel like miso salmon tastes. I'm not going to lie. Like... You're interested in stir-frying this with vegetables over rice because it seems like it would be something that heals you. Yeah. That is what quiche is in your mind. And what you make is excellent approximation of miso salmon with, like, a salad side to it. But quiche it is not. Do you present it to Seiji like uh, it is with I've made, I've quiche. made quiche, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and before that happens, before that that flourish of a presentation happens, uh at the same time that you start cooking, I think I am downstairs standing next to Iris's body on the shelf before I slide her in. I haven't Hold the sheet back. I haven't looked at her since putting her in the envelope. I. What happened is not sitting right with me. Your reaction to it is just making it feel worse. And I am going to invoke Seji Sense to try to detect unreality on her, like on her body itself. What has she been touched by? Did it follow me home? Her body is covered in a thin film of whatever was in that water, and it's pinging your sense. And I think as you feel it pulse once, you feel it pulse again, and it's in two bodies, and more than four then 8, then 16, then the whole place is covered in it, and then it's to the point where you can't think, you can't see anything else beyond the incredible glow that this entire room is giving off, and then nothing again. Something's trying to mess with you. I 
I think, you know, the time it takes for Chibo, like miso salmon is not a complicated meal, but it is what, like 20 minutes, maybe half an hour or so. Yeah. Um, I think as that starts happening, my temptation is to call it a vision, right? Like my temptation is to deny that it's real, but it, it probably is. It's as real as I am, I imagine. And I think I start talking to Iris's body as though her ghost is here, even though it's not. Um, what do you say? I think I say, I wish you could talk to me. I'm so used to, I wish you could tell me what's happening so that I could help you better. I wish I could help myself. I don't like this. And I look up and, and the room is glowing. And I say, is this Shubo's wish catching up to me somehow? Is this happening because everything else isn't supposed to be happening? Am I overstaying some kind of welcome? I look back down at her sheet-covered face. And I say, is there any way you can help me at all? And I think I'm just met by dead air. Is there any way you can show me if this is actually real? And again, I think I'm, I'm met. There's nothing. There's not even an inkling. Um, it's like there's just a, a vacuum. And I sigh, and with the the room still glowing and pulsing around me, I slide her into her shelf and make sure the label is right, and I shut the door and walk upstairs. There's nothing for you there, but you do smell miso salmon. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, almost right at the top of the stairs rather than in the kitchen, uh, Chibo has, like, the plate in front of him uh, with the flourish of a, of a TV chef. Uh, and what do you say, Chubo? I've made quiche. I look down at it. Thanks, Chubo. X XP emotion for both of you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I've made quiche. Thanks, Chubo. Combo. Uh, I think I add, I really, I really like quiche. How did you know? And what I mean is I really like miso salmon, but... Chubo is a walking, uh, a walking lesson in yes and, right? <laughs> I've got, I am very used to this at this point. Iris really loved Quiche. She talked about it a lot. Did you make some for yourself too? Did you forget again? I did forget. Can I have okay, some Okay, well, yeah, let's split this. It's a big fillet. It'll be fine. Something I think I want to cut in very quickly, because of the amount used, this is not just something effective. It's really effective. It somehow moves you closer to the things that you want in the long term. Like, this is the most healing miso salmon that you've ever eaten, Seshi, and you've had quite a lot of it in your lifetime. Um, it melts in your mouth. Like, this is imbued with love, somehow. The abstract idea of quiche is communicated in this, and you're not really sure how that works, but <laughs> it's present anyway. Yeah, the, the, the substantialness of it, right? Like, it feels it more It fills you up more than it should. Yeah, exactly. This is really, really good, Chubo. 
Thank you. Seji, I don't know what you saw, but I know it's a lie. I mean, that... You know, how can you know it's a lie if you don't know what I saw? Well, I also saw something. And I know it's a lie. Whatever or whoever that was tried to show me what I am afraid of. And I tried really hard to use the truth to do that. Chubo has this thousand yard stare. And then Chubo turns to you and looks into your eyes and the hardness of that stare melts I don't I'm afraid of something that doesn't matter anymore I don't know when it started but at some point not very long ago I have been noticing how beautiful your eyes are it is extremely uncomfortable uh I think when you say that, I open my mouth, close it again, and then I say, yeah, this quiche is really, really good. Uh, real good. And I continue eating. Um, I want to know what you mean, but if I keep making eye contact with you, I am just going to start sweating so much. <laughs> and I just have- But also, you'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. You've said before that you often use your heart reader power without meaning to. Oh, that's true. Does it work on Chubo? Well, yeah. Holy obviously. shit. Wait, that didn't occur to me before. Oh, God. Yes. It. Yeah. It. I can't turn it off. I can turn the dial up and down, but I can never turn it off. It's like one of those old stoves, like an Aga stove, where the, the burner is always on. It's just a question of whether you're searing something or putting it in a warming drawer and i think uh yeah i think i um you know what he wants in this moment what do you want chubo this is me asking you not out loud but your your want just floats through me and i want to hear it in your words yeah i i really have to frame boy it's hard to put this to words I want you to know how important you are to me and how much that matters. Here is Keish. <laughs> it's not even that. You're Keish. Like, to the world, almost. The way Iris talked about Keish when we were on that bench, she would talk to the crows about it as much as she would talk to me about it. And she'd talk about having it on her birthday. And she would talk about making it for her husband. And she would talk about teaching her kids how to make it. It was this thing that I didn't understand i couldn't understand but i understood what it meant and i understood why a person 
who had lived the life that Iris had lived, which was incredible, full of so much love, so much excitement, adventure. Why a person like that, sitting on a bench with a stranger and some crows, kept returning to it as a thing she needed to explain, not just to a stranger, not just to some animals, but to the world itself, because it's something so profound that she came to understand through her life. I am staring at you, Chubo. You know, I was never in any real danger back there. You don't need to worry about me like that. I... You can get hurt. I mean, yeah, you didn't, you know, wish for an invulnerable best friend. I'm just a person. Yeah. 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 We're not arguing. We're... Why do I feel like we're arguing? Uh, and Chubo, like, resettles himself, like, takes the plate of quiche um, that is between them, sets it aside... And, like, grabs Seji's hands and, like, squeezes them. So, like, you, you, you feel each other. And says to Seji, you're a person. You can get hurt. Of course I'm worried about that. Of course I'm worried about that. Without realizing I am matching the pressure you're putting on my hands. And I think also without realizing I am starting to intertwine our fingers instead of just clasping hands. Like when we were really little kids, I think that's how we like held hands, right? The Mm -hmm. way little kids unselfconsciously do. And without realizing I am starting to lean in slightly toward you. And I want you to tell me what snaps me out of it and uh makes me stand up and say uh let me bring uh the dishes to the sink like something happens i don't know what it is you tell me gosh oh i know what it is um so yeah our fingers are intertwining um And we are leaning in towards each other. And I think the, another thing, especially because like, you've got this, this heart read on Chubo. um, I kind of feel like he's a little bit of an open book and like, does have this very serious, like overall emotional thing that he is trying to convey through all of his words, which are clumsy and his gestures, which are a little bit more precise because they cut through so much clumsiness. There are also like these small impulses and Chubo is disquieted. Um, You know, he also experienced something unpleasant that he hasn't spoken about. There is a dual desire. One, there is like this powerful yearning for comfort. And another that I don't think you understand because 
how could you understand anyone saying these words? It's a wild thing for a person to say. But you think you understand because there are easy ways to interpret it. He wants to feel like he is in this body. And the combination of, of like those desires and the fact that you are leaning towards each other, I think it touch it, it becomes too intimate to the point where the spell is broken, you know, or has to be broken because otherwise Seji would give into an impulse, which it feels like Seji is very aware of and has protocols to deal with. I am aware of it and I am uncomfortable with it. I think that uh, just the fact of this growing intimacy and how mutual it seems like it could be is enough to uh, just make me stand up. And it's one of those things where I just stand up and there is a solid two seconds before I say or do anything. And that's when I say, I'm gonna bring our dishes to the sink. Do you want ice cream? There's Rocky Road. Oh, yes! I think, I don't say it out loud, but in her, I'm like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that was Did close. We, yeah. Do we end scene there? I think so, yeah. Oh my god! Oh, not quite there. I think as I, I dump the dishes in the sink, and Chubo, you know where the bowls are, and you are already, like, scooping things out, like, Sunday per portions, you know? Like, it's not just a simple scoop of ice cream. You're mm-hmm. pulling out all the stops and condiments. And as I am watching you make the kind of ice cream sundae a, like, six-year-old you may- would make, <laughs> I think to myself, I think I have a crush on Chubo. And that's when the scene ends. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. Oh no, indeed. On so many levels. Oh dear. Oh no. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll! So, let's talk about next week. Next week we'll have the first of the final round applicants for prospective hosts of the One Shot Podcast. Over the last several months, I have reviewed applications by many talented performers. And the decisions that we made to get our final list of applicants were not easy. I once again have to thank and commend the many talented people who auditioned for this role. Our final applicants are people I am frankly honored even went out for the role. And I am so excited to see what they'll do. Because for the final round of application to be host of the One Shot Podcast, we have recorded games with these folks. And you are going to listen to all of them and help us make our decision. We're still in the middle of producing some of these games, but each applicant will receive their own run on One Shot where they will run a one-shot adventure of their chosen RPG with their chosen cast. I will play along with them and then listen to the final product along with the rest of you and try to make my decision. That's where you listeners come in. For each applicant, we will be gauging audience reactions and factoring those reactions into our final decision. I want each listener to review these series carefully and fill out a corresponding survey. Those surveys are going to be first available to our Patreon backers and then available to our general listening public. 
The folks you hear on the next few series of One Shot could be the new permanent host. And I want to make sure that they are someone that you will be excited to listen to for years to come. So, Patreon listeners, be sure to look out for the link to that survey when it goes live. It might not accompany the first week of the new series because we want to give everybody a chance to settle into the story before they give us reactions. And for our general listening audience, we'll distribute that survey publicly after each series has concluded. We'll be doing our own internal review of each series that appears on OneShot, but the opinion of our audience matters. So if you care about this show and you care about the direction that we are going to move in the future, I would love to hear your voice. Patreon backers can look for that update coming in the near future. And our general audience listeners can look out for a link on our social media. We'll be running an abridged version of these instructions along with each series that airs on OneShot. And gosh, I do love exciting news, so I suppose I will reveal the identity of our first applicant. The first talented game master that you'll be reviewing for these auditions is Super Dylan. You might know them as Super Dylan on Twitter, a cast member of the Atomless podcast and stream, and really so many other productions within actual play. I sincerely hope you enjoy. Before we get back to the episode, I do want to take a quick moment to thank our backers on Patreon. Without all of you, we wouldn't be able to do any of this. Uh, that includes all 500 plus episodes of One Shot that we have done up to this point, And of course, all of the work that we have done to find a new host for the show. If you like what you're hearing and you want to support future productions, please head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and sign up to support us. But the thing I can do is thank you sincerely. From the bottom of my heart, you help us make incredible things. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. All right. So that is another emotion XP for both of you. And uh, Chivo, you immediately switched topics when you felt uncomfortable. That's another point towards toward a fortitude. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was wondering also, um, is do I get uh, an additional XP towards Undertaker Undertakings for talking to someone about what it means for something to be real? Yes, or you could also do you consider trying something new and then stop yourself. Oh, yeah, that totally I think it's that, that one. I, for <laughs> sure. Boy, um, oh boy. Yeah. And also you marked Undertaker Undertakings with three. Uh, was that from my last? It was from getting the major gold. From from the looking into the reflection, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I already marked that one. Okay, so Okay, great, great. But this emotion you. XP I think was from this this scene. So yes, yeah. Okay. Yes. So I have one more to add and I'm like, should I you know what? I'm gonna put it also towards Undertaker Undertakings rather than continuing to tick up hide the evidence the second time. Because that'll bring me really close to fulfilling that quest and I'm I wanna see what that reward is. Um Um, everyone, we have reached the end of the chapter. So refresh your willpower is full and your MP by one. If you spent any Chubo, you spent a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you went all out. It was amazing.
You got a lot more information than you could have otherwise. A lot. Maybe too much. Um, (laughs) Maybe too much. (laughs) The Chubo story. Truly. Um, That's great because I only have more questions. Yeah. Yeah. Every question, it's like trying to defeat a Hydra. It just sprouts four new question heads each. Uh, It is great. Um, I love this game so much. I love the way you run it so much. Playing it with you finally, James. Is such a pleasure. Absolute delight. Absolute delight across the board. I'm so oh, glad man. we chose Chubo and Seiji. Like, this dynamic is so fun to play with you, and I knew it would be, but, like, nonetheless, uh, it is so good. So let's talk about what we just did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, did you have fun? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One th- I mean, in case that wasn't obvious, yes, like 1,000%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second of all, um, I want to praise you both because you both played this game with the flying colors. Congratulations on all those goals ahead of time. I am going to have to do interesting things with um, Darcy's introduction next week, but I think I can swing it. I think everything will be okay. Um, and from there, well, I think I want to know what my what your favorite like bit of mechanics has been from this and then like what your favorite moment to play out was it gives me information i want james to go first for sure because he's new yeah uh i mean so so far the mechanics are um interesting to me like like i I am fascinated by them because i don't fully know how they work yet um which makes it hard to pick a favorite thing. I I have liked simply uh, chasing the different XP. Like uh, I I know I've always got f- falling back on like ticking away at like different things of like oh this this could easily be a part of a scene and and, and pulling that in. Um, so that's been yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. And your favorite moment of just play in general, like. So hard to pick. Uh, truly, truly difficult to pick. I deeply, I mean, obviously the scene that the GN and I just did was was so much fun. Um, but uh, getting getting Leonardo's like inter- every interaction with Leonardo was like a, a pure bit of delight. Um, it is. There's something that feels um very Steven Universe about uh the whole like setup of Chubo where where you've got like all of these incredible people in in this like special and beautiful place that is both mundane and magical at the same time and every and on top of that people are just like characters and um Leonardo is like so intentionally trying to be a thing and so very human at the same time. Um, so it's it's just delightful to to interact with him. That's very fun. Um, my last question for you, James, before I shift over to Gian is: Is this game what you thought it would be? I'm gonna say yes and no. Um, yes, in that the style of play, um, is kind of what I imagined it to be in when I was reading the mechanics, um, 
and like reading reviews of the game to try and understand the mechanics better. Um, like I really understood like, okay, you know, it is a game that is fundamentally incentivizing, um, certain behaviors, uh, to get you to act in the way that like these characters would act. Um, I'd compare it to belonging outside belonging games in that way, like the normal moves, um, the idea that a normal move reinforces character, a weak move uh, creates a problem and a strong move resolves a problem. Uh, there is like this, this game feels like somebody took a mechanical microscope around normal moves um, and it feels like kind of everything that you can do is a normal move, um, which is interesting. Um, uh, and like the way that mechanics revolve so far around um, like the strange powers and whatnot uh, that we have, um, those feel like, like you're paying for flavor in, in a certain way. Um, so like, that's interesting. And I think that hit differently, but the thing that really surprised me, um, is how the characters like form themselves in the system. Because again, like if you're building a game kind of around whatever that thing that normal moves in, in belonging outside belonging is, um, how those characters like form themselves like complete dolls in your mind. And that ties so closely to this like fan fiction thing that Gianna has been driving at in their descriptions of the game. And like, I feel like I understand that fully and I will, once we have played this, I feel like I will understand this game for the first time on the level uh, that, that y'all can talk about it. And I also feel like that is the most important and fundamental way to understand this game. So like a person really needs to play it and meet those characters uh, to actually have experienced the game. I think so. It's one of my like reasons why I'm using Glassmakers as a scaffolding here, because I think... The core book is very nice on its own. It has a lot of information, but I didn't get the game until I was introduced to these characters. Mm -hmm. And I want other people to know about them too. Yeah. And what about you, Jion? Uh, favorite mechanic? Favorite moment? Gosh, I mean, James already said the moment that we played out recently of the of the mirror, uh, mirror kiss in the kitchen. So I think I'll also go with like the pool the moment in the pool of looking into the reflection, like getting to play horror in this game is really fun for me. And in general, I love playing horror and I feel like I am underutilized for horror um, as a player often. Uh, but it's one of my favorite tones to play in and to write in and getting to do so is always such a treat. Um, and that was just the a taste of where I feel like our game could go. And that was very fun. Um, favorite mechanic i mean having the 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 wish sense just at a constant simmer is very fun um but i do think that 
really utilize this is less a favorite mechanic and more just something that i'm noticing now that i'm being very deliberate about it like my first game of chubos my first season of chubos i did not go in with a lot of premeditation basically until the very last session that was the, the only session out of an entire what like three or four months of playing where i was like oh i am aware of things ahead of time and can use them and going into this game being really aware of the different quests and the major goals and the ways to get xp and seeing how that impacted the the character choices i made if at all was really interesting and i think like the most satisfying moment dovetailed with the mirror scene where or the reflection scene where it's like i wanted to have a scene like that period like i wanted a horror moment and when you started describing the pawns and me realizing oh i can achieve a major goal and knock off a creepy scene that was really satisfying i really love the way that the narrative goals and the mechanical goals dovetail in this game, it is a very I special. I those dominoes up for you on purpose. And I'm exactly. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You set it up, and I spiked it, and it was wonderful. Um, and it's this nice to be just. Mm. This game is just setting up and spiking in a nutshell. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I am. I am really looking forward to seeing how this like expands my skill set in gaming. In terms of like, this is a normally a really weak point of mine, being able to understand mechanics sufficiently that I can use them for narrative drive. Um, it's why very straightforward systems are usually a better match for me because I'm accustomed to sitting down to a system totally cold and not playing it that often. But in this case, it's very different. And the, and I'm starting to understand paradoxically the appeal of Dungeons and Dragons, because this is how people play Dungeons and Dragons. They familiarize with themselves with the system, even if they don't have mm. a knack for it coming into it, just by virtue of playing it over and over and over again. And then they are they are able to make it so much more than the sum of its parts. But Jenna is writing in a way where it is more than the sum of its parts already. And so I still think I would prefer this to Dungeons and Dragons. I, I don't have any beef with D&D, but like to be able to understand like, oh, this is how people play campaign games for the first time is very fucking uh... rewarding. Um and I'm enjoying it immensely. Man, uh, Gion, we gotta we gotta crack open a game of Invisible Sun at uh, at some we've point. Got that to, is James. the last. We've got to. That is the last game where I had a power fantasy in role playing. Um, Holy shit! So wow, it's like okay, yeah. But it's such it's such a fascinating thread that you've found, like the the joy of system mastery through through Chubos, and like I I can see that I can see immersing yourself in that. That's very cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is me committing. Let us play Invisible Sun. I demand it. The people demand it. This is absolutely wonderful. Before we end, is there any other anything else that you'd like from me? Uh, just to express my endless gratitude for being down to run this game so much and being so enthusiastic about sharing your passion for it. It is a wonderful game, and it's one that I hope people like rediscover it's been out for such a long time and i i want it to be widely appreciated it's it's a really really cool system and again like if people can find friends to guide them through fucking fifth edition surely there must be people out there who can guide their friends through chubos and glassmaker's dragon is a wonderful introduction to it because the story arcs are so well realized and there is so much room within them to play and make believe. Um, so I really hope that Glassmaker's Dragon gets a little bit of 
jetpack momentum, you know, in the days to come. Um, if, if I can ask a question, um, like, because I did open the, like, I did look at the core book a little bit in, in character creation and whatnot. Is the, like, Glassmaker's Dragon has these pre-built characters like 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 chubo and whatnot in in the core book is that giving you the tools that you need to make your own character that would fit in okay this framework interesting yeah man i i i gotta say with what this system is doing um i i think it is not just easier but so much more advisable to start with something like glassmaker's dragon um absolutely like the wide opinion of people who play this game like if they've tried glassmaker's dragon before is start with here it's 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 a lot easier than trying to go in and character and do character creation blind because the most difficult thing about character creation in the system is that because a character's abilities have so much to do with their narrative arc Mm -hmm. you have to have an idea of where they're going beforehand when you're designing them you have to think of this like a writer and not necessarily a role player the way that you would in most games of like, I want to play a character like this and like find out what happens to them. You'll want to go like, oh, I want to play someone who will eventually like tragically martyr themselves. Or I want to play someone who will eventually go through a coming of age story and like be able to plan out plot beats ahead of time to again, set up and spike, which is what this game does best. And it's encouraging you at all points to set up and spike. Make sure that, like, all of your mechanical details reflect what you want out of this character's story. And if you're going in blind, sometimes you'll just be like, oh, uh, this power set sounds cool, and not realize, like, how much of your narrative arc you're kind of, like, attaching to that and how much it expects you to already like understand that these two things are deeply intertwined and if you go into glassmakers first or even just read it before trying to make a character you'll understand a lot more of what the system expects out of you yeah and i think um i think there is also a community value to glassmakers dragon like a shared community value uh sorry that's a that's a not quite the right way to put it there is a uh for lack of a a more accurate term there is a shared fandom value to glassmaker's dragon that i think is not quite shared by the core text because of the pre-written characters and because of the pre-written arts and that like just like enjoying the same movie together the same books where you create a use and you make your fan art and you write your fan fiction like these characters because they are on certain tracks you all can experience the same character um very differently and have that shared joy while still having your respective very different versions of them in adventures like you are writing fan fiction of a shared beloved character you know what this is it reminds me a little bit actually of of the keepsake and connected path games that i design a lot where like the thing i've said a lot about the the latter like connected path games is the story is the same the the character framing and the premise of the game is the same but your character and the way that you play them and the way your story works out Mm. is totally unique to you but you are still sharing that experience with hundreds, at this point, maybe thousands, I don't know, of other players. Um, and, you know, that's not unique to that that game framework at all. But it is one of the things that people forget is a joy of games is getting to talk about the things that you love in common. Um, and Glassmakers makes that very easy to do, which I think is really fascinating. 
I've seen extremely different takes on the same characters. Yeah. Um, I think I myself have, like, very idiosyncratic takes on some of the characters. I think that Me the way too. I play Leonardo is, like, different than a lot of other people do. Like, transgender stuff aside, like, a lot of people don't go through with, like, the, like, overzealous affect just because <laughs> it doesn't suit them as role players. Sure. And, like, there are totally options to go ahead with, like, a colder, more, like, robotic affect if that's the kind of thing that you want. But I just, like, I am immediately bought in. When you let me overact as a character, I'm there. Yeah, it was really fun because I'm used to you NPCing Leonardo and because uh, my co-player in our home game was, like, very assertive and aggressive kind of from, like, day one about pursuing a certain character arc, like, he mellowed out pretty quickly and early on so getting to see him at his most out there is very fun uh that's not his most out there like oh good. he is on like one gear of several I oh promise. good oh good i that makes me even happier i can't wait to like see him at his most unhinged um yeah i mean this is like what we were talking about earlier with like natalia like my my take on natalia was very idiosyncratic and very also like a strong take from the beginning because I I didn't realize how else to do it and like I think you even commented after our first session like your playing Natalia is different than anyone else I've ever seen and like that was really cool to hear and also like made me curious about what the baseline is and why I deviated so much which is why I'm really curious to hear your take on Darcy when she plays with us oh, in the next session yeah man um so curious I know which brings this me is going to make your triad very interesting yeah the way that your dynamics each bounce off of one another I'll say right now your takes on Chubo and Sedri are extremely unique I've never seen anyone play these two the exact same way that you are now and definitely not with this dynamic Ooh, that's very cool look at us james being special i i love to be special and like honestly <laughs> this is a perfect way to have darcy come in as this character i think it's actually going to make it a lot easier to role play with her with these characters already having some kind of pre-established built-in dynamic and connection because cause that, especially like looking at Tour de Fortitude, I like looked at some of the major goals. I'm like, I can't pursue any of those because it doesn't make sense to do that without uh, Darcy present. Yeah, I wrote those with the idea that you three would be sharing a stage. And it's cool that you guys were able to like make some progress regardless, but I wasn't expecting you to finish anything tonight. If Darcy was, if Darcy were here, I think that you would have like, gotten these all oh tonight. yeah that's like. not a question that's and this and this brings me to two things very quickly actually uh the first is uh, a group thing uh which is related to darcy and then the second is um i never took my canonical statement and so i'll share it after as the second thing but um because darcy had to miss today and james you said in the signal thing this is just me clarifying you said like this can be a prequel does that mean we are doing three more sessions in addition to today or are we playing it by ear or are we doing like a hard three sessions period so there will only be two more after this i i will uh, allow victor to kind of lead our way on that because you know victor's uh, uh a game master here but in, in my mind it's like yeah we could easily do uh three sessions in addition to this um if we needed i just uh you know, I did. I wouldn't want to be like, well, Darcy missed the first session, so there are only two more or whatever. Because um, that I think matter. I want three more sessions on top yeah. of this. If that means like I need to write more stuff out like after this, like that's fine. My pen can just 
take that. I yeah, think. because you really hate writing Chugo stuff and customizing Chugo stuff. Oh, I hate it so much. You it's hate it sure. so it's the much. Worst thing in the world. I hate writing bespoke con- content for my favorite role playing game. <laughs> Also, God, dude, also, sorry, this is a quick aside, but it was so fucking funny noticing myself having to work so hard not to, like, work my general Bay Area slang into playing a teenager. I'm so used to just saying California and specifically, like, Bay Area slang, and, like, that's one of the reasons I made Natalia from the Bay Area so I wouldn't have to worry about it, and now playing someone who is really not from the Bay Area, it really, I was, like, really struggling a couple times. It was very funny. I think I took back, I retracted a dude at one point, so James... You did. You yeah, did if you need to edit that you out. You your dude back to the store to, to return it. No. We don't need to edit that. Rescinded dude. The ultimate characterization technique. I, you know, as a person who uses dude as every single part of a grammatical structure possible um in every flavor possible it really does take a lot of work so this that was a that was a a labor of love for for this game and for all of you but yeah uh, for canonical history uh speaking of mechanics and like how structure of game might affect them because i know this is a short game i think if this were like a campaign where we were like we're gonna play this for a season or like it's gonna be ongoing i would have taken like one of the like I am a thoughtful person or like, I care about my friends, but no, I know that we only have a few more sessions. So I am in fact taking, I am someone who can touch the unknown. I'm going to let people perceive that about me because I know that is going to make for, for potentially bigger choices in the next three sessions, which I think would be fun. That's bonkers. I respect it. Yeah. This is my version of spending four miracle points, like from the jump in like scene two. Um, and I'm you have excited. Tools. Use them. Yeah, ex- exactly. I'm excited. Thank you so much for running this tonight, Victor. I could not have spent this night in a better way. This was wonderful. Yeah, this was an oh, absolute from the, delight. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. This has been. I'm not sure if I've expressed it enough. Like delightful for me as well. I like running this game, and I thought that the, that was a pretty seamless two chapters. Yeah, it it went. It was like we were improving, but it felt narrated for a lot of it. You know, like that was beautiful role play. I had such a good time.
the history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like, and then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come, join us in the muck at System Mastery. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.